This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Time to talk Olympic basketball with Joe Ingles. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Joe, you got me in trouble with my tag team radio partner. Uh, did I? So there's these tune-up basketball games, and I'm watching them. You're playing uh, Australia's playing the United States, you know, and it's it's an exhibition, it's a tune-up. But I get completely sucked into it, and then PK's telling me it's a tune-up, an exhibition. Dial it back, big guy. But I was watching literally from the start, and in the first 25 seconds of the game, you got right up into Durant, you defended him, then there's a whistle and a foul, and then you're yakking at him. And at first, I'm looking at his body language, I'm like man, Joe's going to egg Durant into a fight 25 seconds into the game. And then they cut to another camera, and Durant is trying to suppress a laugh. I'm like, what is Joe doing? I can't wait to ask him. What were you doing with KD? Um, I was trying to defend him, which uh, is uh, obviously a pretty tough task. Um, No, I just tried to obviously – I mean, it's – I don't know how many games of ours you've watched in my uh, Australian career, but – um, lead. I mean, that's, that's how we play. We're we're a, a gritty team. It's what we've always had to do. Um, especially when I first started, we've had to get into teams, play defense. This is how we we when I first started, we had one NBA player, so we were we were struggling to to kind of keep up with teams. And um, yeah, we we get up into teams, and and he didn't. He, Definitely didn't do it on purpose, but as I got up into him on the first play, he squared up and got me in the uh, the baby maker. So <laughs> um, wasn't too bad. Lucky it wasn't too too hard. But he, and I was like, "What are you doing?" And obviously, I, I knew he didn't do it on purpose. But um, no, nothing, uh, nothing in it. It was a bit of fun, and um, yeah, glad we uh, glad we got a win. So when you guys get together as a national team, it seems like your team in particular, and probably a lot of the national teams, they're able to, at least to a, to a degree, pick up where you left off. But the Americans don't have that. How important is the fact that there's a lot of uh, consistency in your national team from competition to competition? Oh, I mean, it's, it's extremely important, I think, um, Obviously, the tough part for probably America, probably being the only one, really, is the the amount of players they can choose from. Um, we obviously still have a, I think, a pretty broad and, and big group of, of guys that we can choose from. Um, but obviously, America's is always going to be every NBA American, every NBA player, which is, is a lot of players around the world. So, um, yeah, we've we've been together a long time we've actually 
got, I think, seven guys that are going to their first Olympics. So it is a bit of a new team for us. We've got Matisse Seibel, who has never played with us before. He's never, never been, I think he knew like two or three of us before we, he came into camp. Like he really didn't know anyone. Um, we've actually got a new coaching staff this year. Um, a complete new coaching staff. Everybody's um, uh, different. I think maybe one guy's the same. So um, it, it's been different for us this year, actually. Um, probably the most in in kind of the recent history. So um, we have played together a bit. Um, our, our coach was our coach 13 years ago, um, which is different. Um, but yeah, just just having a group of guys that have been there together. Like I started playing with, with Paddy when we were 15. So we're still playing together now. So that kind of shows the consistency we've had with our group. And um, it definitely helps us and um, for us. And, and there's a lot of other countries as well as obviously use it as an advantage. We we're a few steps ahead of, of knowing how each other play and what we want to do off the ball and stuff like that. So it's definitely a bit of an advantage, but um, obviously, USA and there's other countries too. Regardless of who's out there, it's still a, a very talented team. So we're hearing a lot about how international ball is refereed different. And if, aside from the rules, and you know the goaltending rule is very different and all that, but are they? How differently is the game called? How much of an adjustment is that? Yeah, it's it's extremely different. Um, we hadn't played for a couple of years just because of COVID and stuff like that. And um, the first game we played against Argentina here in, in Vegas, our whole team was was trying to probably using probably the first half to kind of get used to the rules again. And um, the, the five can stand in the paint, the whole, or anyone can stand in the paint the whole time. There's no three seconds. Um, the courts. I don't know if it is smaller, but it, <laughs> it always feels smaller. Uh, obviously, with the three-point line being a bit closer, um, not as much space in the lane to, to play pick and roll and stuff like that. Um, yeah, like you said, hit, hitting the ball off the off the hoop if it's bouncing. There's there's no like euro fouls. Um, that's an unsportsmanlike foul, so they get shots in the ball back. So it, it is it is very different. Um, I actually set after the first Argentina game, I forgot how, how physical it is. It's it's extremely physical. Um, the guys, Argentina especially, pick up full court the whole game. Um, even US were, were up before a bit most of the game as well. So it's a, it's a very different style. It's, it's refereed different. Um, obviously for us, like I said, and a lot of other countries, you, you are... I mean, we've played these rules. You, you get used to it, but but it still takes time to to adjust to it. And um, yeah, I think we'll we'll get used to it. And we'll get more and more comfortable. But it's it's very very different to the the NBA, which obviously the USA is something kind of very foreign to them because they've they've played with these the, the NBA rules a lot longer. I'm wondering, you know, with the NBA, you guys had strict protocols that you could, uh, what you could do away from the court and all that stuff. How's it with you guys in this situation? Um, yeah, it's still pretty strict. Um, I thought we'd be getting more lenient as we've gone on here this last couple of years, but it's um, kind of dangling around the, the same same area. So uh, we we still test every morning 
um, here in Vegas now and um, pretty much in a bubble. Um, obviously, uh, a bit more to kind of going on. We're, we're in obviously in Vegas. There's four teams here, I think, three or four teams, and, and I think more teams coming in to play USA a bit later after us. Um, but really, apart from kind of leaving our rooms for, for practice and games, there's, there's not too much going on. Um, we've organised a, a couple of team events. We had a, an Australian guy hosted us last night at his house and obviously they had to go through a, a few-day check of, of him being vaccinated and testing leading into it and all that. And it was completely outdoors the whole day. Um, but he invited our men, men's and women's team over there for for the night to have a, have dinner because we really just we really haven't gotten out the hotel too much. There's a couple of places in the hotel we can grab a coffee and and things like that. But um, it's also on the flip side from a, a player's point of view or staff. Um, if you get COVID at this point, um, you're pretty much not going to the Olympics. It's it's that close. So our our guys have been pretty smart, um, just trying to trying to limit kind of seeing people and doing as much. Obviously, we're still playing the games and um, a, a, only a few people have um, kind of tested positive since we've been here for a couple of weeks now. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's frustrating at times and you want to go out and do something or sit by the pool or whatever it is. But um, in my mind, I don't, want to, I don't want to miss the Olympics. So you do everything you can, obviously, um, as we were during the NBA season. It's still a chance obviously with with playing against guys and and, and whatever I'm, I'm around my team every single day um so obviously still a chance we're just trying to limit those chances as, as much as possible so for people who don't know the storyline and you kind of referenced it when you were on with us last time so i read up on it since then australia has finished fourth four times the best country that's never meddled 0-8 with the semifinals and then the third-place game when you had a chance to lock up a medal. So when you tell us if you get COVID, you can't go to the games now, with this storyline and with you being so invested in the national team going to your fourth Olympics, I'm thinking you're way more locked in on this than most Jazz fans realize. Yeah, I, I really am. Um, and when I say we can't really leave those tail, like I literally haven't left my room. <laughs> um I've walked downstairs to, to grab some coffees and stuff like that. But um, again, like I said, I, I understand regardless there, there's risk involved. That's just the way it is. That's um, the way it was in the NBA season. Um, we made the decision during that time that, that our kids were going to be at school. Obviously, I, I knew the risk involved with those type of things. But um, like I said, just doing everything possible uh, away from, from those little risks to, to, to not um, kind of get myself in trouble. So um, wearing our masks still um, on the buses and stuff like that and to and from the games or, or whatever it is. Um, but like you said at the, the start, I, I've put too much time and effort into this to to not have or give myself and my team and my country and my, my family and my, my kids a chance to, to for me to, to, to bring this medal home. Um, me... Well, Patty and I, 12, 13 years ago when we first started, um, kind of started um, putting the time in, I guess, to, to build this to where we, we thought it could get to. Um, and like I said, we had one NBA player. It was a lot tougher for us. We, we, were, we were still a good team, but it was a scrappy fight 
to, to win a game, to win every game. Um, and we finished, I think we finished seventh or eighth for a, a few years there. And we've built this thing to, to what it is now. And, and being, I think we're ranked third or something in the world. Um, but like you said, never being out of medal. Um, and we've put so much time and effort into this and been so invested. It's why we've played every off season for 12 years now. Um, and we've got it kind of the flip side of our team when we first started. It's a, it's a bunch of NBA players now and, and a couple NBL players and a couple guys in Europe. So um, all of our guys understand that. All of our guys understand um, what we believe in our team and what we can do when we get to Tokyo. Um, and, and a part of that is, is, like I said, just just deleting as many of those risks as possible. Um, again, obviously, we understand that regardless, there, there's some things that go on. But, um, yeah, just trying to limit them so that we're, we're as healthy as possible going into to Tokyo here. We we leave in four or five days now, I think. So we, we're kind of at the, the final stretch to get there. So just being smart, the last few days to get there and, and then lock back in again when, when we get over there and, and figure out the rules and what we're in for over there. So you speak of that there was only one NBA player in the beginning and now you've got several. Is that just an increase in the talent level of coming out of Australia? Um, well, yeah, definitely of the, the talent level. And then obviously a part of it too, I think, is just the, the, the world recognizing Australian players. I think um, being so far away in our beautiful little country down there, it's, uh, it's, it wasn't um, even foreign players in the NBA not just Australians, but back in the day, obviously it's, it's grown and grown and grown. Um, obviously for us with, with Bogut kind of recently being or more recently being the number one pick and then Ben Simmons and Dante was a high pick and what Paddy Mills had done being the 55th pick or whatever he was and, and winning a championship and, and Delhi winning a championship and Baines was with the Spurs and, and, and things like that. And then, um, yeah, you just you, you get these role players come in, and, and, and uh, I think it just widened people's search for, for players instead of purely the NBA or, or that the, the, the few high high level Europeans or South Americans or whatever. So, um, yeah, I mean it's a massive change for, for our team, we we or our country. We, uh, like I said, I think it was um, Bogut was the only one when I first started, and. You flip it back and, and look now and you look at the squad of 25 we had and there's 10, 11, 12 NBA players in the squad. Not all of them um, are with us now, but there's such a, a big talent pool for us to choose from, um, which is is nice. It's nice to have to have plenty of options where in the past we, we haven't had as many options. It was 10, 11 of us that were playing in Australia in the NBL. Um, and obviously, for for us to compete with with that team, we like I said, we we played played extremely hard. Um, but at, at times, there was just games that we 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 couldn't win with with the talent we had. Um, we could play as hard as we wanted, but we were always just just missing out or, or just losing. So um, yeah, it's been a, a hell of a twelve years, really, just trying to like I said for for Patty and I to, to be involved back then and, and push it and, and, and try and build it and. For the players themselves to, to, to work so hard to, to put ourselves for, for them to put themselves in a position to, to have a shot at the NBA. So are national teams open to players coming back and saying, 
hey, we're doing this, we're working on, a, on this skill development, because watching you play, you got a lot of the shots for Australia against the U.S. that you get, you hit three threes right away, and some of those shots were the shots you get for the Jazz. And I saw that new, improved, quicker, higher release you've worked on. So do you take a lot of that stuff back, and do other guys, does Patty Mills take a lot of that stuff back from your individual organizations? Yeah, we, we do have as much time as we can. <laughs> Obviously, there's there's team practice and stuff like that because we, we haven't been together. But um, we spend before practice, after practice um, kind of segments. Um, two or three of us, obviously, it's very different. We don't have 10, 12 coaches and, and one each. Um, we've got four or five coaches and the physiotherapist rebound and the doctor rebound and our equipment <laughs> manager rebound. And it's, um, you kind of make do with what we've got, which which I actually really enjoy. It's, it's I've said it before, that there's nothing like the, the, the camaraderie and the no egos and, and everybody's in it for the right reasons. It's, it's, it's very, very, it's very different to anything you get um, with, with our national team. I don't know about other teams, so I'm not going to comment on that. But it, it's the reason I come back and play every year because the enjoyment I get from being around these guys um, and our coaching staff and our doctors and our, everyone that's involved. Um, but yeah, we, we get plenty of time to, to do things and. Um, I know there's a few things I can work on. Um, again, it's not as um, in-depth probably as what I would be doing if I was with, with Bailey and back in Utah working out. Um, but, but we get shots up. We get to do things. We, we, we can play off little things. I can obviously easily tell one of the coaches to, to do X, Y, and Z if, it, if I want to do it for, for the next season as well. So, um, yeah, a, a lot of fluent, fluently uh, fluent. Um, movement between the, the kind of the jazz and the the boomers in what I can do um, leading up to the tournament. Obviously, once we get there, it's pretty locked into the team stuff. Um, but we've we've got a bunch again. Uh, we've got a bunch of professionals that, that want to get better individually as well. So um, we, we've got a hard working group, and um, yeah, we we do a lot of stuff pre and post practice. So since you have some downtime in your room, I don't know if you've been able to follow the NBA playoffs. If you have, are you pulling for yeah. Jay Crowder? Uh, I haven't watched any. Um, None, I love huh? Jay Crowder. Yeah, didn't you say he was your favorite teammate? Something like that? Am I wrong on that? Yeah, yeah, he's the, he's the best. Um, but I haven't watched, and I wish him all the best because I, I love him, but uh, I'm still not going to watch so you're just watching how to hit uh, fastballs when you get that in a cage against Donovan Mitchell? Yeah, I'm going to smack that. That's not a <laughs> that's not a question of. Uh, no, I've been watching some other TV shows, and and uh, I mean again, like the the like the camaraderie with this group, and and we've got some new guys like Matisse Thibault. Never we at the dinner last night. I was sitting with him, and I was kind of joking with him, but asking if he knew everyone in our team's name. Like, that's how fresh he is with our group. Like he, um, But we, we sit up in our team room and play cards and we um, have a meal room and obviously very different to them. We, we've pretty much eaten every meal together, um, which is, is, is so much fun. We've, we've sat with our girls' team a couple of times and had coffees. Like, it's, it's hard to even explain the, the difference between a, a professional team and, and what we do here. Um, but that's why, like I said, that's why we keep coming back to play because it is so much fun. And, and obviously we've got a 
burning desire in us in, inside our team to, to, to get our first medal. Um, so that pushes it all along. But it's, um, yeah, it's so much fun being with these guys. Well, if you're not watching games, that's one thing. But if you haven't seen the clip, you have to see Giannis Antetokounmpo's block late in Game 4 because I didn't ever think I would see a block as crazy and as thrilling um, as Rudy Gobert's game one of the guys on the bus, uh One of the guys on the bus did on an alley-oop or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he showed me. But good on him. Hell of a play. I wish him all the best. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you don't. You're not interested because you're bugged. The Jazz aren't playing, or you just don't give a crap. Well, I don't care about. Obviously, I, like I said, I love Jay. Um, but yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't care. I'd rather be playing in it. I wish I wasn't. As much as I love being here with my team, I wish I wasn't here. I wish I was still playing. Sure. And, um, getting on the plane, whatever the day after winning it to, yeah. to meet these guys. Um, but obviously we're out. That's not. Um, we can't do anything about that right now. So I'm not gonna. Yeah, I just don't. I, I watch enough of our games and um, watching some film in our team and speaking to my kids and um, it's a big the big five five year old birthday coming up. So it's uh, yeah, there's there's enough going on um, that I don't need to worry about watching the NBA. So Bogey hits a game-winning three. You just kind of casually raise your arms. Mills hits a game-winning three against the U.S. You kind of casually raise your arms. What's it going to take for you to go crazy? Oh, I kind of just knew they were both going to make the shot. I mean, Boyan, as soon as he even caught that, I felt like it was going to go in. Um, there's been a couple of them. Yeah. The Houston one, I wasn't sure he was going to go in. The Milwaukee one, I knew for sure it was going in. Um Paddy's done this before. Um, I remember in, what year was it, 2012, maybe in London. Mm-hmm. Um, we had our last game against Russia, and it didn't mean anything. Like We were both finished where we were regardless, but um, obviously we, we played to win anyway. And inbounded it to me, and I threw it to Paddy, ran a little play, and I threw it to Paddy, and he made the same shot, a very similar um Kind of hand, well, it wasn't off a handoff. I threw it to him, but a same similar screening action, and um, it actually reminded me of that. As soon as he caught it, I was like, "He's going to make this." <laughs> it's just what he does. <laughs> it's just what he does. So, um, yeah, he's a hell of a hell of a player. One of my my closest friends, and um, to be able to play and do all this with him is is a lot of fun. It's the uh, the reason we keep coming back. All right. Well, bring home the silver. Yeah. <laughs> I can't go gold, Joe. Sorry. As long as the U.S. Have, uh, is in the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Duh, if they yeah. get knocked out early. Sure, fine. Yeah, yeah. But that won't happen. The U.S. is <laughs> going to win the gold. When we win the gold and we come back, I'll be, uh, won't be any, any type of basketball shape for a couple of weeks. <laughs> I'll, be, uh, I'll be on the sidelines doing some, some sprints to get back in shape for a couple of weeks there. But um, no, I'm excited. It's, it's I mean, it's the Olympic Games. It's something that f- for us in Australia, we grow up wanting to, to be a part of and play. And um, to, to be able to go to my fourth is, is something I never, ever thought of. So to be able to go again and um, fight again for a medal and, and try and do do what no one in Australia has ever done with, with men's basketball, it's, um, it's, a, it's a goal that we're, we're trying to get. So we'll, uh, we'll head off here in a few days and, and see how we go. Well, it's probably too late now because all the COVID protocols and everything, but had we known, PK and I would have 
would have come on the trip, rebounded for you, and given the doctor a break. Let him focus on medicine. I, I wish we'd figured <laughs> that out earlier. It's so funny, man. Like, you come from, obviously, a, a unbelievable, I'm not saying this isn't professional because it, it is, but um, the organization of, of Utah and there's anybody will rebound for you and do whatever they have to do to whatever it is. And I was looking around. We were doing five-on-five five the other day. I just walked through against some of the the coaches, but we don't have enough coaches. So I like Doctor was in the, Like, it's just, it's so funny seeing them dressed in jerseys and trying to rebound and they're trying to fill up our protein shakes after and then running over to rebound again. And our equipment managers running off in a little car to go and do washing in some pay washing pay thing that it's we're a scrappy group it's what we do so it's 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 pretty funny but it's it's a lot of fun it's why it's why i love coming back and and doing it well joe we appreciate the time we love uh we love hearing the stories from las vegas and if we have a chance to talk to you in tokyo we'd love to do that too depending on how things work out for you but uh we're ready if you are yeah no of course we'll uh we'll get it going and uh Play out one more game here. We find the 16th. What's that tomorrow against yeah, USA yeah, one more yeah, time, and, yes. and then kind of head off the next couple of days. So appreciate it, and we'll uh, we'll be in touch. All right, you got Argentina in your group, so you get to play 87 year old Luis Scola again. I'm looking forward to that matchup. You're uh, incredibly incorrect on that. We do not have Argentina in our group, but good try. Like, <laughs> be smart. I did just screw that up. I look back up. Ah, well, yeah, we have Italy, Germany, and Nigeria. Yes, you do. So, well done. Way to screw it up, but good job. <laughs> Thank you very much, Joe. All right. All right thanks, guys. We'll see you. There's Joe Ingles joining us from Las Vegas in his room. Positive COVID test. He doesn't get to go to his fourth Olympics. So, oh, yeah, my gosh. It's <laughs> probably even, you're probably even tighter on this one. Stay in the room. Because, you know, if you miss an NBA week or two, they, and you come back, well, here it's, right. all, it's either all oh, yeah. or nothing. I mean, Chris Paul in Western Conference Finals, right? Mm-hmm. Missed a couple games, but he's back for the rest of the series. But this right. is this is all or nothing. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Stay with us. We'll get you up to speed on everything you missed in a minute. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Mark Medina, USA Today, NBA Insider. What type of contract do you think Mike Conley is going to demand? I think that he can command maybe at the 15, 20 million, but there's also concerns about his injuries here. Now, all that being said, I don't think they really have any other choice but to resign him. I know that the Jazz are over the luxury tax and all that, but let's just call a spade a spade. The reality is if he doesn't come back, like they don't all of a sudden have a vacancy that they can fill to the same equivalent because they're over the tax. They only have the mid-level. And so I think it's in their interest because they have Conley's bird rights to just re-sign him. It's almost a no-brainer that they should retain him and sign him for whatever they can. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. His greatest asset is his arm to the Angels. But I never thought he was going to hit 33 home runs in the first half of a season. So he doesn't have enough reps and doesn't have enough time to put into pitching. That's how talented he is. But his arm would be the best arm in the American League if all he did was pitch. I'm confident of that. I stand behind that statement. There is John Smoltz talking about Shohei Otani's value to the Angels. Doing it part-time, and he's this awesome. 
Uh, is he doing a part-time, though? He's taking a start every time it's the turn to start. What more can he be doing? Focused on his hitting when he should be watching video, pitching, and working on his mechanics there. I guess is Smoltz's point. I think that's overstated. Uh, how, how much? You either got the arm or you don't. Well, well, with the fastball, for sure. Uh, but, you know, this is what they do 100%. So they ought to be spending a lot of time doing it, and it's that, and it's absolutely amazing. There's no doubt about it. Uh, what he's doing, it's just, it's completely incredible. Uh, and maybe he would have, maybe he would be the best pitcher. The fact that he can do it is amazing, but once I accept that he can do it, when I look at his swing being as big as he is, the home runs don't really surprise me that much. So does the pitching surprise you? Well, it, it overall it's a totally a, a, it's it's incredible. But I'm saying when you take into account that he can do it, the fact that he can do it is absolutely amazing. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yes. But once you accept that he can do it, so you're not surprised. This is what that he he's does. Thirty three home run guy instead of fifteen home run guy. I mean, Fernando Tatis Jr. is a massive talent. He's got five more homers than that guy. And 15, if he had 15 homers and right. an ERA of four, it would be amazing. He's at 33 homers with an ERA in the mid threes. And maybe Smoltz's point is if he was pitching full time, he could get the ERA down to the twos. Okay, if, if for Fernando Tatis Jr., FT2, as I call him, he's playing shortstop. Yep. Yeah, he is. So you can argue what's, if you're, if you're DHing, and you have no defensive responsibility, how much time are you working on your game? Fernando has to work on his defense. So the time that Shohei can work on pitching, well, that's uh, akin to Fernando working on defense. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So he's a two-way player also. In a sense, Fernando's two-way is... Sort not quite, but it's sort of the same thing as a two-way that Shohei is. He doesn't have to worry about having a okay. We go to a new park. This is how you play the carom off the wall or whatever. He's not. He sometimes very rarely is he in the outfield. Uh, so my point is, there's the defensive guys have to worry about defense. He has to be. He has to have scouting reports on every single batter to know where they need to be and all that stuff. So yeah. that's taking up time. Shohei just throws gas and hits home runs. <laughs> Not that it's simple or easy by any stretch, because it's amazing what he's doing. But I think we're undervaluing what somebody like Tatis has to do, uh, in, in a yeah. sense, being a two-way well, Smoltz player. Smoltz is just coming from the pitcher's perspective. And he's a pitcher, yeah. Right. And maybe he just looks at the guy's natural gifts and thinks, man, if I could work with you and just – you're just focused on pitching. We take another take another half a run off your ERA. And I think it could. Yeah, I totally agree with him. But he's too valuable on the other end to yeah. do that. So it, it's a phenomenal accomplishment. I mean, this is amazing, you know, just absolutely. I hope he finds a way to learn English uh, and uh, because I think it's an underdeveloped story. I mean, this guy's just absolutely – I don't need him to learn English. For me, I don't care if I hear a word. Interviews don't matter. I know Stephen A. Smith got himself in trouble on all that. Yeah. That's not where I'm going. Uh, but I think that if you're an American, they're probably going to embrace you more. 
uh, in America anyway. Uh, but for me, I couldn't care less if he get the interpreter. These interviews, they don't matter to me. It's all about what you do out on the field. I don't care about any interviews. I don't care. Yeah, but, they're, they're but they're trying people, to market individuals. There are people who do. And I get that. I right. get that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it and could I think, be bigger. For me, I don't need it to have that happen. <laughs> that's hard to believe that it could be bigger. I, mean, <laughs> I agree with you. It could be bigger. But, I mean, the guy, <laughs> the guy just... DH, he just he's starting and he's hitting and he's on the mound and that's plenty good for me. I know his athletic accomplishments between but the baseball lines are all I, I need. It's awesome. I do wonder, and it isn't just a language thing, and it's also for people who are native English speakers. You know, how much are you willing to interact and put your story out there? Because I think there are casual fans for whom that's a big part it of is, their equation. Is. Right, I get and it. it's not... It's not for me. It's not for you, because you're going to watch every bat of every game, and then you're going to watch the MLB Network afterwards. Whatever so I can watch. To, when, when he's pitching or yeah, hitting, they're, they're not I want to see it. They're not going to get more out of you. Um, and then there's just an argument if the Angels were just a better team. I mean, phenomenal pitching issues. <laughs> yes. And, and people if love winners. Team, yeah, and, and, absolutely. And people love winners. So if the team was winning at a higher level... But baseball is the one sport where you don't necessarily need your team to win for you to be considered the ultimate greatness. That's true. Well, and he's he's just gone straight to ultimate greatness. I mean, he's you can't take your eyes off the guy. No, it's you know? an absolute. And I, and I story. do think, as much as that became a story because of what Stephen A. said, and not even maybe so much what he said, but maybe more how he said it. Well, he's a an abrasive East Coast. I know, dude. but I think that played against him in all of this. I understand. But I, but I think that the one thing I saw. Um, Jeff Passan, the ESPN guy, came. They had him on the show, and he was talking about like he speaks English with his teammates. He's getting there with the language, and there's a certain amount of hey, I don't want to go out and, oh, yeah, and, yeah. and get that. do something and embarrass myself or say the wrong well, thing. Or, that's not that uncommon, right? And so, but I, I think we're going to see the day where he does it because he's already conversing with his teammates, so he's already gone a long way. Yeah, it was just when I was a kid. After a while, it was cool to hear Fernando speak English. Yes. Yeah. You know, Another guy make him came a better over. Pitcher. You didn't hear him at the start. It no. didn't matter. It was He was must-see. He yeah. was must-see TV. Right. Yeah. And then, he, and has there been a, I mean. He learned English. Has there been someone who's, maybe I guess the home run guys in the 90s took the game like that. It oh, turned out to be steroids. Your, but just to uh, really capture the imagination, like, yeah. all right, I'm, it's appointment view, and I'm going to. If, if Shohei's pitching tonight, I got to know what's going on. I think Jacob Degrom does it when he's pitching. Uh, you know, if if you're into the sport, if you're not into the sport, then it probably doesn't matter. You know, it, it's sort of like uh, what was his face? Uh, remember, Jeremy Lin had like a three week yeah. run that was just awesome, and it right. all captured our attention. Well, everybody loves that type of stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, there was uh, John Smoltz, who knows a lot about pitching, weighing in on Shohei Otani. Uh, the second half of the Major League Baseball season starts tonight. Red Sox and Yankees, 5 o'clock. Now, you got the whole thing on uh, the All-Star break, and if you're in first place at the All-Star break, you're, you're usually good to go. Is it four out of the six or five out of the six division champs usually hold on at this point? There's a number on that. I think you know it better than I do. But it's, there, there isn't usually a lot of change after this point. But there's usually some. Dodgers catching the Giants. Rays catching the Red Sox. You got anybody on your radar who could come for come from five, seven, eight games off the pace? Well, you already mentioned the Dodgers, but they're taking a hit with losing Bauer, and I don't yeah. think he's going to be back for them. And then you have to see what's going on in the trade deadline when we get to there. Uh, so uh, as I look, 
Phillies are three and a half behind the Mets. Uh, Oakland's three and a half behind Houston. None of those. Uh, Oakland's not catching Houston, are they? Houston's really going to do it. They're loaded. Um, it's conceivable. I, I'm totally with you on the trade deadline. You can you can change your roster. You can, but Oakland isn't. <laughs> they're they're not going to go out and do what the Padres did. Not that it's working with the Padres. Well, it's sort of working. I mean, they're in a wild card spot, but they're they're six games back in their division. They're not likely to go out and add a couple of aces. Aces? Aces. Yeah, I don't know. I, there's not that many aces to be right. added. And Oakland doesn't add payroll typically. So I don't think they change their team. Understood. Somebody else might. Uh, we also talked uh, Bucks and Suns. It's 2-2. The most entertaining game of the four to date. Kempo with a spectacular block. That'll go in all the montages. Years from now when you're watching the NBA Finals and they pull out these plays, that'll be one they pull out. It was that good. It was sweet, yeah. Jordan changing hands 30 years ago is still in those montages. Dr. J's sweeping hoop hook, which was, I don't know what that was, 40 years ago, still in those montages. Which one, the dunk or the up and under? Either one of them. The up and under is the one I think about because that was the Lakers in the Finals. It's the one that comes to wasn't, mind. Just because I think it was in an open I saw early in these wasn't playoffs. Wasn't the, the, the windmill dunk against the Lakers, too? I can't place it. It may well have been. I don't remember that one. Seems to me he's just going, Those over, are his going two. over Cooper. It could be. Or yeah. the other one is Mark Landsberger and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Kareem and Oscar bringing out the stars for the Bucks home game. That was cool. Yeah. Always good to link the past and the present and all that stuff. All right, DJ and PK, your feedback's coming up next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60. Weekdays at one. 30. Presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON. On your home of the best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. PK, you're off your rocker, dude. Should we get rid of all the stop signs and red lights so that driving is more entertaining? Get real. The NBA's a joke. Can't even watch it anymore. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. Davis Vision loves teachers. If you are a teacher who needs LASIK, Davis Vision wants to give back. Schedule a free consultation appointment. Inquire about additional savings to their summer sale price. Call them today at 801-253-3030 or check them out at davisvisionmd.com. A lot of complaining about the NBA. That might be a topic for tomorrow, PK. I'm not watching it. It's all the people telling you you're not watching it. It makes you think they're watching it. It's not a Maybe from a distance. How's it a joke? I don't know. What's a joke about it? Well, I think the play they got ever under everybody's skin was Devin Booker committing a sixth foul and not getting called for it, and then later committing a seventh foul and not getting called for a sixth foul. He got away with two there in the last five minutes. It didn't matter. Bucks won the game. 
It's a footnote. But the refereeing bugs people. But go referee a basketball game. And NBA to. games move. I don't blame you. I have, and I don't want to either. You've refereed an NBA basketball game. No, I've refereed a basketball <laughs> game. I've not refereed, and it was high school kids. And it was hard, and it wasn't worth it. I didn't want to do it again. And my one of my friends from college refereed intramural games, and I thought it was the weirdest thing ever. What do you want to do that for? Because he was getting money. He was. Not much, though. Not enough in my book. See, it was a few bucks. You had a sugar mama. <laughs> so. I had a sugar mama. <laughs> So you didn't need money. <laughs> I did too. I worked in the dining commons. He wouldn't do that. <laughs> what are you working in the dining commons for? For money. <laughs> well, I was saying that's what he was saying. Yeah, that is what he was saying. <laughs> You're right. Your role playing was accurate. He didn't want to get up there and sling ash. And I'm like, hey, I'll do that all day long. None of this out there teeing, teeing up random 19-year-olds. And he enjoyed doing that. He, He'd rather do he that. He actually, he's not, his from, own. he's not from Jersey, but he did have the jersey. He would come back and tell me stories about who he rang up. He just loved giving tees. <laughs> he just tee people up. I remember first intramural game. I'm 17 years old. I'm such a hothead. And I got teed up. And the funny thing, I was whining like crazy. And I went over to the ref. I said, hey. And he looked at me. Not you again. Boom! <laughs> and I said, and I said, Okay, I just wanted to apologize. <laughs> I said, I've been whining way too much, but he'd had it. So as I approached him during the game to apologize and tell him I would knock <laughs> it off, he thought I was going to whine again, justifiably. <laughs> I can see where he's coming from. So he teed me up. That was the last. I, that's the other, okay, this just doesn't mean that much. So I had to dial it down. My first first. In the field house at NAU, I can remember it specifically, and I can remember him. He looked over his shoulder. He saw me approaching. Boom. Slapped him with a T. Slapped me with a T. And then I told him, I said, hey, fine. I won't do it anymore. $25 a game to ref high school basketball. I did it for a while. It sucked. Parents yelling you night every night thinking their kid never does anything wrong. Exclamation point. Oh, yeah, it does suck. That's from Johnny. Well, <laughs> I had, um, when we were in b- baseball in high school, uh-huh. We would uh, referee the Little League games. And uh, so we'd go down to the local school, and we would do it at night to make some money. And when I was behind the plate once, and one time I just said, that's it. I'm done. Screw you. You Mm -hmm. you guys are just – and there was one play where a kid was stealing third, and I I called – I ran down the baseline. I called him out, and my partner, who ended up being my roommate in college, base umpire, he called him safe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it was a bang bang play I know but then I knew he'd have trouble and I thought oh I gotta sell this and I immediately overruled him no I had it he had the wrong angle I turned back to the, the parents <laughs> it's all BS just to keep them away keep them quiet <laughs> and now nobody remembers it but at the time they're all screaming <laughs> yeah and I yeah was, I would never ever umpire a baseball game are you kidding me man the parents out of control. Uh, question of the day. How happy are you that this finals is now 2-2? And Steve says it's been a lot of fun to watch, especially last night. I just wish the Jazz had been healthy and that they were there instead of the Suns. I agree. So do I. How glad are you the series is tied at 2-2? And Greg D. says, so glad that I'm going to tell more people my Bob Lanier elevator story. 
My shorter-than-average coworker commented on Bob's huge feet. Bob looked down and said, you're pretty lippy for such a short little bleeper. (laughs) (laughs) Good story, Greg. Nice. Bob Lanier, a center. Pretty good player in his time. Absolutely. Got his jersey retired, didn't he? I'm not sure. Oh, yeah? Okay. But But he played 40, 50 years ago, so we still know his name. Right. Right. He was good. Yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.8 of the zone. That's going to do it for us today. Hands at Scotty are coming up next. We will see you tomorrow right here on 97.5 at 12.8 of the zone.